Party Pal. This is the Mind-Bending Film and Television Podcast you didn't know you needed. I am your host, Brian Saxon, with my co-host, Michael Shields. What's up, Brian? Uh, welcome to the Party Pal. As part of the Osiris Network, Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with podcasts and live experience about artists and topics you love. If you want, you can follow us on Instagram at Welcome to the Party Pal Podcast and on Twitter at To the Party Pal. Today, we are talking about the bonkers Netflix documentary <laughs> series, Wild Wild Country. What a show. When a controversial guru builds a utopian city in the Oregon desert, it causes a massive conflict with local ranchers. Wild Wild Country chronicles this conflict, which leads to the first bioterror attack in the United States and a massive case of illegal wiretapping. It is a pivotal but largely forgotten time in American cultural history that tested the country's tolerance for the separation of church and state. This uh, this is a really... I, I found this to be one of the most fascinating pieces of television I've seen in a long it's time. Been, it's really good. Yeah. It's it, really good. It, uh, you know, it, it, it captivated people. It really... It took hold for a little bit. Tough, tiggy, tough titties was... Uh, uh, that's what... Um, tough titties. She, yeah, she, yeah she Sheila. Said, that was... Um, What's it called when things something gets hot? It was trending. Trending. It was trending. trending. That hashtag. It trended up. It trended up for a little bit. It was hot. Uh, This was uh, executive produced by the Duplass brothers, Jay and Mark, uh, directed by the May brothers, Chapman and McLean, and edited by Neil um, Meeklejohn. Yes, and he's our guest. He's our guest. Um, Yeah, I'm pumped to talk to him uh, because I think this is like this sort of. Film, film. Yeah, I mean, you could call it film. It's sure. a six-hour film, if you want. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, it must have been such a such a huge workload. And like, how I do you take? How do you take a a hmm. story this insane, piece it together into like a, a narrative? Yep. With the amount of footage that they must have had to sift through. It was remarkable what they had, and you know the thing with documentaries is. Uh, so much of the storytelling is done in the editing room. And then, you know, Neil obviously proved through this how great of a storyteller is. So it's really awesome that we had the chance to talk to him. And we're going to, me and Brian wanted to say a few things about the series and the topics that uh, are discussed in it. Because it does, it touches on so many things that are relevant today. But we, you know, we want to leave this with uh, our conversation with Neil. So, uh, so here it is. Neil, what's up, man? It's Brian. Hey, Brian. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. You're here with uh, Mike Shields. He's uh, my co-host on this. Neil, thank you for doing oh, this. Cool. We, Neil, yeah, thank you. You're very welcome. Really appreciate it. Love the show. Congratulations. This is so great. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so much. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, for a documentary series like this, talking to the editor is such a big deal. I mean, you have such a such a hand in crafting this, and we're just completely uh, completely impressed. You. Uh, to not waste time, do you mind if we jump into some questions? Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Far right. away. Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, we're all, we're already recording. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, I think like first one just to just to start off is how do you even begin to start on a project of this magnitude? 
I mean, there's just, I can't even imagine how many hours of footage you had to sift through. I can't even imagine how you, how you and the directors and the producers kind of like took this story and took, uh, and made it into a, into a narrative for, for, uh, for audiences to follow like how do you how do you how do you start that what's that process what's day one yeah what's day one <laughs> <laughs> so i think um uh you know but, but before um before it even um you know was bought by netflix we kind of uh, we kind of built a teaser um using um you know the the directors that started collecting um kind of the majority of the footage and I can explain that a little later but yeah, the, the director started started um, collecting some of that footage and we put together a teaser so I had kind of um, before we even really got into the real edit um, we cut a teaser together so I started to get pretty familiar with the um, archival footage and then also um, we had done just some like preliminary interviews to put the teaser together to help sell the thing and um, so, so I kind of got um, got um, familiar with the story and the characters and that kind of thing. Um, and then secondly, I also just read a bunch of books <laughs> about the whole thing. And then the, the, the third really was, um, I think, a big part was just organizing. Um, and, um, you know, for me, the, 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 the best thing to do is just to watch everything. And I think so we, t- we kind of took all of uh, – took all the interviews and kind of went in almost hero order. So I watched Sheila first and then maybe some of the interviews that actually never even made it into the film last, but I went through each interview and really kind of, um, uh, um, subclipped each topic Mm. into different, um, into different kind of like, um, bins or the way that the, the, the story is t- told and I, I, I really kind of organized it in just a very A to Z fashion and then you know if they had some amazing story no one else would talk about um, you know that kind of got into its own group and by doing that through each interview I kind of I really was able to like figure out what the story was mm. and like what everyone thought found was important and um, you know for the most part, everybody's big bullet points overlapped. Some people, you know, were a lot more hot-headed about other subjects or, you know, it depends on your character. But I was really able to kind of um, shape what that story was. And then I was able to go back to the archive and then really kind of dig in there and um, see where that archive applied to what everybody was talking about. And I think the big thing is, too... um, you know, at first, I think we thought we were we would jump in time a lot more, mm. just kind of jumping all over the place. And I think the way we decided to tell the story also really shaped how the whole thing came out. And instead of jumping in time, we thought it was much more important that um, that that you know we thought of it as a chess mass a chess match or a, or it's kind of a game of thrones you had these mm. different groups of people and one group would make their move and then we would jump over to uh you know the other group and be like and you, you would find out their plans and then <laughs> and then they would make their move and then you would go back to the other group and be like oh they did this what are you gonna do now and so it was very much you know action reaction um uh, and um, and so you know, if somebody does A, the per- person reacts with B, and then now C's coming, you know. Yeah. And so we really told we really told the story kind of in in an A to Z fashion, which I think also just was e- easy to. I mean, it make it just as easier and makes the most sense to just tell it pretty. Um, um, you know, and the way that it actually unfolded. Yeah, you know what that that does is that also allows the opportunity to show both sides their perspective on on each event occurring throughout the larger story in a way that's uh, kind of unbiased in a way. You get to see both perspectives at once. Was that really the intent to make sure that each of their stories kind of were told at the same time? Yeah, and I think it actually, it's kind of the nature of the story, actually. Mm. Um, you know, no matter what you read or, um, uh, 
you know, whatever book you read or, or whatever, or, you know, whatever people tell you, whatever their bias is, or it, there's, there's kind of like, uh, you know, you naturally can understand both sides on specific topics. And I think for us, it was, um, for us, it was very much like, you know, I don't know what the right answer is, and I still don't know what the right answer yeah. is. It's not, it's, it's not one of those kind of stories, you know? Definitely. It's not like Nuance. a clear bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, That's the fun of it. And so I think, like, um, when we started building it, I think the big thing was, at first it was going to be like, oh, we'll have this person tell this part of the story, mm-hmm. and we'll have this person tell this part of the story. But the problem was, is you constantly were wondering, well, what are the other people thinking? You know what I mean? So we quickly realized that, like, to do a scene, or what I would call a scene, you would really have to cut the scene two ways. So you'd have to cut it from the news perspective, mm-hmm. and then you would have to cut it again from the townspeople perspective. Mm-hmm. And and in that way, you get both sides of the story, or both opinions. And then as the story evolves, you start, you know, in the in the um, rant starts actually splintering itself, starting to get multiple perspectives. Mm-hmm. So we, um, so we, we just kind of made a very conscious decision to um, kind of let, let everyone say their peace of mind about every bit we were bringing up. Awesome. Um, yeah, one of the, I mean, one of the things that I found so fascinating uh, about this series is kind of like what we're talking about is I, I don't know where where I stand, who I stand with. There are so many times where I, I, I associate myself with the townspeople, like would I want this group coming in and, you know, like kind of taking over. But then there are other times when I associate myself with the Rajneeshi, uh, where they're creating this utopian society where where ev- nobody is judged, where everybody, the free love, all of that, those things. Did you find yourself, as you were going through this process, um, taking sides? I mean, did you, did, did you find yourself, or did you have to, like, kind of take that bias out of it and say, like, I'm just telling the story, even though, like, I, I agree with, I agree with Sheila here, or I agree with you know the mayor of of Antelope here. I mean, how did do did you did you get mixed up as you were as you were making it? I, I no, I and I think that's actually kind of the the beauty of the whole thing. I mean, sure, there's some bad things that happen: people getting poisoned, um, you know, bringing homeless people onto the ranch are very questionable things, and I would even you know I would say most people would say. Aren't, we consider them not very good ideas. Right. But I think for the for, for the most part, most of the big issues, and even like the big kind of weighty constitutional issues, really are very two sided. And mm-hmm. um, and, and I think you know, just as you go along through the story, um, uh, both sides really make a lot of sense. And um, and you know, there's uh, you know, I think. Throughout life, everything's kind of a double-edged sword, and so you know, or there's two sides to uh, every story. There's two sides to every coin, um, and um, we kind of just really embrace that. Um, it's it's one of these stories that's just very human, and I think um, what ma- what makes it interesting is that um, you know humans are complicated people, and that um, you know there's not a clear-cut answer for everything. Absolutely. I'd like to uh, to kind of jump back just a little bit in the compiling of all the uh, the footage. So I'm just I'm just so curious. Uh, you know, a lot was from news sources, and but there was a lot from inside the commune itself. Is that correct? I mean, were they just taking a whole lot of footage of their experience and everything they were building? Um. Yes. So um, there's a, there's kind of a few a few things here. Right. There's stuff that they shot, and um, they actually, if, like, if you go onto YouTube or whatever, you can Google their films and um, and find quite a bit that they're uh, that they're um, that they're kind of you know 
inside the commune mm -hmm. uh, production company put together, and they shot a bunch of stuff and made a bunch of films. Mm. And those are, you know, pretty readily available to view oh, on YouTube. Um, so, so they also. Yeah, I'm, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so it wasn't so you. So a lot of that footage you didn't acquire, like the producers didn't acquire from uh, from the production company itself that shot it. They was it's just public domain. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, wow. I'll, 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 I'll get to that. Okay. Um, so so um, a lot of it is just stuff that's kind of uh, uh, you know out there for the public, um, kind of to begin with. Um, there also was a lot of films that um, you know. Uh, individuals would take, you know, they had their Super 8 camera or whatever, and they wow. were on their summer vacation at the ranch, and they filmed their home videos, you know? Mm. Um, and then um, th they also have a ton more stuff. The, you know, the uh, the Osho Foundation and stuff, I think, still has a ton of tapes and all that stuff. They... Um, obviously we, we, we weren't able to get access to any of that and for reasons, um, you know, I think they probably wouldn't want to share with us, yeah. but, um, but, um, I, you know, I believe there's probably a bunch there too, but really the majority of the footage came from, uh, news footage. Mm. And I think even a lot of the stuff that people see, they feel like it feels very home kind of like home movie or like a slick inside the ranch thing but mo a, a lot a lot of it was from news footage and so what happened was is i had worked on the battered bastards of baseball with the directors yeah, and they were making well. a uh and that's a portland uh oregon movie mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. and while they were up there an archivist uh kind of nudged them and said hey look i've got a treasure trove of this Rajneesh Purim footage. Wait, is that the is that the kind of genesis of how this came to be? That right it there. Is. Oh wow! And so while they were up, like we were getting ready for Sundance, and one of the directors came back and, and was like, "You're gonna have to check out some of this stuff." So we kind of took a break from the baseball movie just to watch a little bit. And I was like, this is a gold pie. Wait, so wait, um, can, I, can I stop you there for just one second? Yeah. I love where you're going. But were you, so I, my jaw was dropped in the fact that there was so much news coverage. There was like, it did seem like yeah. a national phenomenon. And I know I'm a little bit, you know, I was pretty young at that point. But uh, were you, how, how familiar were you with this story? Uh, uh, you know, at that point where you, they, you know, you were filming this baseball movie and you saw this footage were you were you did you know well i think um you know at the time the actual ranch was around i was just born so yeah. um you know it, it wasn't really on my radar um I, I am from seattle and you know there's uh there's kind of a northwest uh being from the northwest i know i i, I had heard of it sure. it was kind of a you know, the people in red and, um, <laughs> the, you know, the 95 Rolls Royces and that kind of thing I definitely had heard of. Yeah. But when I first saw the footage there, I mean, that was like, oh man, Boring. this is a whole other, this is a whole other ballgame. <laughs> yep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> That's wild. Um, so, so, I, I mean, and then it really came on my radar. Yeah. Uh, because I was seeing it unfold. But to get back to the news, Please. um, the uh, the news archive. But basically, what happened was, is at that time it was like the early '80s. You still had like news people shooting on film. You had and, and but but it was this transition into basically video, right? And so they would usually it would be like uh, you know a news team would go out and shoot um, you know the the, wet, the weather report or whatever. Mm -hmm. They put the dailies all together show the show and then take the tapes and um, kind of reuse the tapes and the dailies would be gone. But what happened was with Portland is I think they realized, hey, we're going to be having like a 10-minute special on this later. Yeah. Um, or like once the national news kind of took over, they were like, you know, we got to have all this footage to provide for national news, yeah. you know? Yeah, and so they decided to hold on to it, okay. and then as these kind of rinky-dink um, uh, um, news organizations, you know, went out of business or 
you know, time passed so much that they, they just all donated it to the Oregon Historical Society. Oh, cool. Well, there's, there's the one intrepid reporter that, like, you see pop up multiple times, uh, like, on the scene there. He must have been, like, a local... Oregon reporter, but he's uh, he's he's constantly reporting from the ranch. I mean, you must have had yeah, so many yeah, news. People yeah, beat, you must yeah. have had like so many so many different stories from that one guy that was following the whole thing. Yeah, and and, and you have to understand too. Like, we don't go into it a a ton. Uh, I mean, we talk about how they're they kind of are in the media and they want to make a they kind of want to make a show of the media and all that stuff but you have to understand like they were very proud of the farming they were doing they were very proud of the lives they were leading they were very proud of um you know their beliefs and um yeah they thought they were going to show the world in a lot of ways that they that they they had this they were proud of their utopia so they actually had like um uh they they had uh, Twinkies, who, uh, which were the name for the hostesses of the ranch. It was like all the beautiful women that would take all the uh, news people or whoever visited Twinkies. around on the ranch. And they actually had like pretty organized tours that you'd jump in a van or a bus and they would take you around. Wow, and, and so, so show you exactly what they want you to see and nothing else, was, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean... It, it, it was very encouraged for these news people to be, to there. be there. So okay. they, they would be there all the time and they would be shooting all the time. So wow. I think we ended up with like, I think we had like 300 hours of just this news footage. I was going to ask about it, yeah, specifics. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, real quick, let's just get down to the, the, uh, the numbers of, uh, how much interview footage you had, how much uh, foot, news footage you had, how much footage from the Rajneeshi did it's you It's unreal what you were sifting through. through. It was yeah. crazy. I think we had about 300 hours of news footage. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be off on this, but I think maybe right, ballpark. Um, like another 70 hours of like interviews and then like... Um, you know, maybe 30 hours of just, like, extra stuff. Everything yeah. from, like, stills to um, their their films to, you know what I mean, a- anything we use. How, how long did it take? Um, so it took, let's see, I started in March and ended in February. So that's... It's almost a year. Like 10 months. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense, man. Is is there? I mean, for a project of that scope, is there like a timeline, or is are they just you finish when you finish? It was super fast. Yeah, nobody does it that fast. Yeah, (laughs) it was like it's. I mean, it's like a six. I mean, it's over seven hours, and it's a. Um, you know, it it, that's a lot to do. Yeah. Hey, was there like um. You know, when you are sitting down to, to, you know, edit the footage and put it all out, um, is there a feel you're going for, uh, you know, kind of something you want the audience to experience? I mean, because you're obviously living in all these handheld cams and shaky things. Are you guys talking about the feel of, like, how it's going to come out in that way? Yeah, definitely. And uh, I I guess I think about, uh, I'll answer it a few different ways. But, like, for... for, um, like a big thing that I think with these like the new like Netflix type documentary series mm-hmm. that are in this vein, right? Like I think, and I think this is what's really cool about storytelling and documentary filmmaking right now is like it's becoming a much more like cinematic, experiential thing. You know, hundred percent. It's no kind doubt. of like, and I was actually thinking about this last night, but that you've kind of got like. Like in journalism, right? Like there's sort of the stagnant, like this is journalism, and then there's then you have your like <laughs> your Hunter Thompsons and your Tom Wolfs, mm. right? And right. they're much more about like let's put you in the in the shoes of in the shoes of a viewer at the Kentucky Derby, you know? Like let's go there and like let's tell them how it is, you know? And I think uh, for this, it was very much that like. Oh, you want you want them just like to kind of, and I think you nailed it in a lot of ways to kind of just like experience like you are at those talks, you are with them in in those experiences. Exactly. Nice. 
you know, as Hunter Thompson's at the uh, Kentucky Derby and writing about it, it's you're you are Hunter Thompson at the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, you know yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like, and I think that's really kind of a big approach that we took because, um, you know, I think you wanted to feel what it was like to be on the ranch yeah. to see Bob on for the first time. Like, what does that yeah, feel totally. like? You know, uh, or. Um, you know, and again, it's in the past, like, you're never going to be um, in some virtual reality world where it's, it, it's like that. But, you know, the, the, mo- the more you can put the viewer into uh, their shoes, I think the more kind of impactful of things going to be. Yeah. And, and, and that goes for both sides, not just, you know. Yeah, to understand know. where the talents people are coming yeah. from, to understand yeah. why they're so committed on the, you know, the commune, you know? Let me, let me ask yeah. let me ask you this. Like, in, in that same vein, as you edited this, did you find yourself becoming attached to any of the characters? Like, what, how did you, how did you feel about, I mean, the main ones, I guess I would ask, like, what were your feelings about Sheila and what were your feelings about Bhagwan? I mean, they're two pivotal characters and super polarizing. Did it affect, I mean, did you get close to these characters, I guess is the, is the question? Or did, 10 you, months did with, you, 10 months with them is, yeah, is or quite, did, quite did, a rough did you, did you start to hate certain characters just from watching footage of them over and over and over and over again? Or it, it, um, you, you know, I, I actually sort of like kind of fell in love with all of them. You oh. know what I mean? I mean, it's also a bit like I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't participate in the interviews and I, you know, I wasn't there for the shooting or anything like that. So these people are just, um, you know, videos on the screen for me. Mm -hmm. But, um, um, but you can tell like just in the, you know, the outtakes of the interviews, like, like she was really sweet. Yeah. She's like a nice old lady. And also a badass. Yeah. And like, she happens to be like, She's got a strong backbone and she's got opinions about stuff. And, you know, um, I think for a lot of reasons she can't, like, fully admit to things or talk about some things. So, like, that's how it is. But but she pretty much tells you how she feels about things and, like, you kind of respect that. I think she's super super magnetic. She's a straight shooter as well. Yeah. Yeah. um, What, um... So if there was, uh, you know, when you're kind of putting this story, piecing it together in such a brilliant way as you did, what, um, what at the end of it, what, what, what do you feel the, the, what do you hope that the takeaway is to, to the viewer? I mean, if you do hope for something. Um, well, I kind of, I think my hope would be, I guess, like, that people draw their own conclusions a bit, mm. you know? Yeah. Like, I mean... Not judge I, and I think, understand yeah, all I mean, angles. I think the big thing about it too is not like you know we're not making uh, a movie about cancer here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's not, there's not a clear bad guy. Yeah. Um, but I think yeah, I think the big thing was I, like I would have done my job if you know people draw their own conclusions a and then b like want to talk about want to just talk about it you know yeah but you like, nailed it it's, a, like, hell, it's like, a hell of a thought piece yeah i think like like the more people talk about it or the more people have opinions about it is like the best compliment to me you know no question i mean especially since the fact that it's touching on so many relevant issues right now we're t- i mean even immigration is huge right now. I mean, the cultural differences in the country, it is the reason, I mean, besides it being just such a well done piece of art is it's touching on a lot of what we're dealing with right now in a way that's, that's, that's really interesting to, you know, discuss and watch. I I mean, you really, you really, I was, I was kind of like one of, I mean, I was obviously finding parallels between the, zen- the xenophobia and the racism directed at the Rajneeshi from the, the townsfolk. Uh, but one of the craziest things was uh, the Johnny Carson oh, part the, the where song. he sang the song yeah. and then it just cut yeah. then, and it just cut back to the sea of like old white people sitting in the audience. And I was just like, how much of this is just directed at at Bhagwan because he's because he's Indian and because this isn't like a major religion like Christianity. It's 
It was it was insane. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's like you know, I think we do that in pop culture all the time. I mean, mm. which is I think a good thing to like point out. I don't think we were making a huge statement with that. We were kind of showing the ridiculousness of it. But it's like, yeah, you cannot see that and not read into it. Like, well, <laughs> like we've just watched six hours of these people, <laughs> and you know. They're just like making fun of them. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it's they were like already sort of heartbreaking. Right. They were already so humanized to us, and they're just clowning around. With yeah, them. yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's something you you you've did so incredibly yeah. well. All, everyone just yeah. humanizing each and every aspect. And you did. And and on that same point, um, there's a really great sequence that I want to commend you for uh, with uh, Philip Tokel. Tokels is that how you pronounce his name? The lawyer. Tolkes. There's that sequence in episode three where he's comparing the Rajneeshi to other other uh, religions and how he was saying that cities that have a majority of religion are very comic Catholics in Boston, Mormons in Utah. And then he's talking about what does it say that the U.S. government is trying to force the Rajneeshi out of their homes when this has been allowed for centuries among mostly Christian religions. And uh, he, he kind of talks about it, how it affects fundamental rights of assembly, speech, religion, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a beautifully like cut together segment. You did you had like a couple of those with the lawyer because he was so eloquent in yeah, his well, speeches, and you you did some really great things where you like created these amazing segments to what he was talking about. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, uh, even that, it's a very kind of si- simple segment because he does all the heavy lifting for you, you know what I mean? But um, but it's very much like, and also the uh, uh, um, uh, the attorney on the state side sets it up being mm. like, hey, well, you, can't, you can't just, like, have schools and, and cops with guns and, you know, and be religious rotten, which right. is a good point, too. Like, why would, why would you do that? But, um, um, so that's a good example of, uh, you know, where we kind of show both sides, you know? Yeah. yeah. Another um, example. Yeah. yeah, another example. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, too, like, you know, uh, that was just a really um, kind of a, uh, uh, an interesting section because it was one you could just take a step back. You don't have to be showing millions of shots of people in red, which are fun, too, obviously. Yeah. But, um, but <laughs> you could just, like, sit back and think about it, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. like a very rational perspective. Well, and, yeah, and, Philip definitely and, 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 provided that rational. Yes. Yeah. What's interesting about him is he's super rational, yeah. even though he's running around in these red suits. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no, he made sense the entire time, which is wild within the scheme of everything. And, and do you think he, he knew about like what was going on? I Great mean, question. Mike and I were talking earlier about he, he seems pure. He seems like... His uh, intent with he, the with, commune yeah. seemed, seemed very pure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think... Look, I think it's I think it's the same thing as it as it kind of I mean, look, I think most of these kind of cult type things are if like I almost don't even feel comfortable calling them a cult, but yeah. um, like any of these situations usually is a few bad apples, and I think that's kind of what the situation was. Yeah. Um, but do I think has, does he think they ever did anything wrong or anything like that? I mean, I'm sure he knows something, but I don't think he did anything. I don't think he was really privy or a part of, you know, doing these bigger things. Right. He, he also got brought on as mayor, kind of as cleanup duty. You know. Yeah, absolutely. When he was when he was there, things were kind of a mess, and he just kind of fell into it because 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 he was well spoken and he was kind of you know seemed more of the narrow type. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you, um, just moving forward, I mean, we love your work, obviously. We're, that's why we reach out to you. We love the show. Uh, you're doing something called Medal of Honor, Honor moving forward. What, uh, what's, what, what's your next project? We're, um, we're Obviously, we're going to be following you. We want our listeners to be seeing what you're doing. Uh, yeah, Medal of Honor is going to be coming out. That's a Netflix series, and it's about, um, it's kind of a blend between scripted and documentary. Oh, cool. And that is... Um, so it's about uh, that'll soldiers. Be out, that'll be coming out soon. Yeah, it's, each it's like 
in episodes, each episode's about um, a different Medal of Honor recipient. And um, the documentary, you kind of get the background of the wars, the background of the school. Um, and the scripted is kind of the day of the events. So oh. you get sucked into the world. Of, oh, cool. I see what um, you're doing you there. You get a nice, like, little ax- uh, war action film. Exactly. Kind of try to take you into what they experience. Well, Honestly, what a piece of storytelling you you put together. You your, you and your team um, on, were blown away, and we're we're actually very humbled you took the time to talk to us. So thank you. It's, we, you know, we oh wanna... yeah, of course. You guys got any other questions? Oh, I got, I've got plenty of time. Oh yeah, you got any, you got anything else, yeah. Brian? Um, let me uh, let me check. Yeah, I mean the the other thing. Oh yeah, the other thing that I wanted to ask was what, how did you. Do you think how much did you think uh, Bhagwan knew what was going on? Obviously, like Sheila was kind of like heading up, and 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 I get like what Sheila was doing. Like Sheila really, I think in her mind, truly did have like the the uh, the preservation and the survival of the group in the back of her head, and that's why she was committing all these atrocities. How much do you think? How much did Bhagwan know? Like, I mean. I mean, it's it's funny you say that. We kind of had, like, we kept thinking, like, we're going to need a big section on exactly, like, what Bhagwan knew, you know? And I think the thing is, is nobody really knows. Um, Like, thousands of homeless people on the ranch, you got to know about that. Right. (laughs) If you go on a drive and you're noticing there's homeless people among your people, you're going to notice that. Yeah, a 7,000 person addition to the commune (laughs) is something you think he would be involved in that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, so do you, you think you would know? You think you'd notice? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that could have been done on the sly. You know, the attempted murder stuff or like yeah. poisonings. I, I, yeah, you know, what Jane did. Yeah. To me, he seems. He seems. I mean, this is just my opinion, but to me, he he, he seems fairly innocent, or or oh, wow. just like they didn't keep him. You know totally informed about all this right, stuff. Right, right, But right. I don't, I, I honestly really don't know, you know? Yeah. Do you but, think, um, do like, you think look, that, do you think the he home... He, like, stayed in his, he stayed in his house 90% of the time, and, you know... Yeah, he was quiet for, like, four years, three and a half years, you know? Yeah, he was quiet for three and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. But you're wondering what's beyond this. He was still meeting with Sheila every single day. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just that's, do, that's a whole do you think Do you think the homeless, uh, the homeless uh, move, do you think that was a chess move to irritate the town people? Or did it they, was for the vote. Or did they have good intentions behind it? Um, I think it was I think it was pretty much a, a move for the vote. Yeah, it was for the <laughs> yeah. vote. They yeah. wanted to get their numbers up. Uh, I mean, I think there was a bit of, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a little bit, again, it's like human nature, like, you know, you need to get to one thing and you can justify it with all these other reasons. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. And, uh, yeah. like it's just a very human thing. And, um, you know, I think, and once you get a few people on board that are going to be doing it, it's really easy to say, hey, we're going to take care of these people. No one else is. And I think those are very noble, um, causes. And I think, you know, you have leaders saying stuff like that, and it's like, oh, yeah, we should be doing this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, so I think, I mean, really, I do think it's like there's, like, a lot of the things, there's not a really clear cut, this person's a bad person, you know? Yeah. I mean. Absolutely. I mean, what's uh, what's her name, Stork? Jane Stork. Yeah. Jane Stork. Yep. We were, we were talking earlier uh that character is one that I feel like if you would label anyone as like a victim of like be, like being the a cult a, experience, the cult experience. We, we don't yeah. like the word either in this situation but, either. But like, I mean, she does she, feel like a victim, and especially how you guys kind of conclude it with the the tale of what she was dealing with their son and his disease. That I mean, it was the, her tale felt uh, kind of the most tragic to 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 me at least. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think. Um, you know, I think that's one thing we kind of consciously did too. Um, was you know, she was the real kind of um, fall from grace, uh, kind of um, you know, uh, you know, cult victim. You know what I mean? Yeah. She was our yep. cult victim character. Whereas almost nobody else, you know, 
would even consider themselves a cult victim at all. Yeah, you know? right. it, I mean, you can you can and, even, you can even see it after she tries to kill the the doctor. I mean, she knows it like right away, or no, it was even but, before she tried to kill the doctor when she when she agreed to go on that mission to shoot. Uh, who was it? Was to it get the guns? Yeah, the yeah. Guns. When they went yeah. to get the guns, she, like she kind of knew that she had crossed over a line. Um, and I don't think, I mean, it sounded like she didn't even know it at the time, but in retrospect that she did, uh, but I think she was, and then if you see the videos of her being interviewed as a, as a younger woman, you can see she's totally wrapped up in, in all of it. Like it's, it's all she knows. It's all, she's, she's completely, uh, she's completely hypnotized by all of it. Yeah. Yeah. She really is. And, you know, I think a bit of it is just like, you know, Sheila had this kind of inner group that um, took things very seriously. And and look, too, also, like, um, I think that was a small, small percentage of the people on the ranch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you have to understand the ranch, too, is like a small percentage. You know, even if you were on the ranch, you were pretty diehard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're living on a ranch in the middle of nowhere. Right, right. Same color as everyone you're around. Yes. But, like, I think, like, you know, 75% of the people were, like, sort of, it's like Burning Man. You know what I mean? Yeah, just just partying. They dance parties. They get their their week off, uh, you know, for summer vacation Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yep. And, And, you know, they decide to. Go to Burning Man. They're like they're, they're the tourists. They're, they're tourists in that world. Red yeah. off and, off and uh, go out there for a world festival. You Definitely. Know? Yep. And meditate and party and hang out with chicks. You know. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> no, there, like, there's fun. There was fun to be had part, uh, on the comedy. For the most part, that's what I think it really more was like for most people. You know. Yeah. And I mean, and then you know. In a weird way, uh, you can call them followers or whatever, but, you know, there's a following still of Osho, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, like, I mean, that's what you show. I was, I was surprised not only how little I knew of the whole phenomenon, seeing how much it was, you know, covered, but that, like, that it was still persisting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it, the um, Puna is still, um, it's actually, I think, gained popularity since mm-hmm. the show came out. And, um, you know, if I go in, um, to yoga studio in Venice, you know, nine out of 10 of them yeah. are going to have an Osho quote on the wall, you know? Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. The book's, the book's doing well, the whole thing. It's still, I mean, it's going to be an interesting story to, you know, the, the, how the movement moves forward. I'm, I'm definitely keyed in at this point. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's really wild. The entire thing is yeah. really wild. Um, Anil, thank you again. I really really appreciate your time your insight i mean you you guys knocked this one out of the park man this is awesome yeah man thank you so much yeah thanks for taking the time to talk to us man it's uh yeah of course it's uh it's it is a dope piece of art that you guys created um and i was i mean mike and i both were just completely we're texting each other like each episode like (laughs) this what is what is going on here and uh and your work was (laughs) Uh, was at the heart of that yeah yeah we've we've kind of picked out like when when we watch like stuff like this we kind of pick out like you know it'd be great to talk to the editor for for of this of this film just broke up uh, yeah no worries we got you well thank you again neil appreciate it yeah uh, yeah do you got us Again. And if you guys have any other questions or anything, you feel free. You can uh, oh, tag we'll it on or whatever. Oh, we'll, feel free to call me. We'll, we'll follow up. Thanks. Excellent. Thanks, Thanks again, Neil. Yeah, thank you. All yeah. right, take it easy, bro. The real people went away. I'll find a better way. So that was great. So, Neil, uh, obviously, you know, what, what insight there. That was really, really cool to talk to him. So thank you, Neil. Yeah. That was dope. So I do want to start with this discussion right here with the appeal um, of the just the everything that was going on initially. And I guess I'm starting with episode one in a lot of ways. But like I was kind of, you know, I understand so much getting swept in, swept up rather with like kind of what they were, um, you know, what they were seeing. It's funny. I know you listen to Joe Rogan a lot. He uh, he was talking to Ari. Um, uh, chauffeur, mm-hmm. and you know they were talking about this, and and first thing Ari said was, you know, Duncan Trussell's another person we listen to. He's like, he's like, uh, 
He's like, Duncan can start something like that. Duncan this. would totally Which be is funny because yeah. I, I, no, I... Or Duncan would fall into that. Oh, yeah, both. Yeah. But, like, I, I've seen uh, Duncan at the Bell House, and I remember posting a picture on Instagram, and I was like, if this man starts a cult, I'm in. Right. So, like, I was laughing that uh, Ari said that, but... But I mean, what I think Joe said, he's like, he's like, I want in. Like initially, he's like, he's like, I'll wear red, and like right. I, I understood that too, because I mean, what they were doing seemed like they were trying this experiment to create this free, th- free thinking, uh, utopia, self sufficient. There was some beauty in that. I, I found, it w- I found my personality split between oh, both. Okay, what uh, what part was so, against? So, because um, I can understand the four, sure. Uh, so, yeah. So the Rajneeshi are kind of like more my personality in, yeah. in general. Like open, oh, yeah. open to open to the. They're they're, they're much more liberal. More, more than the um, the they, population of thirty two uh, <laughs> antelope. antelope. Yeah, I would say um, so, Brian. So yeah. So like I I I kind of aligned myself quickly with like the free thinkers, the progressives, um, the sexually open, yeah. the uh, uh, just the, the the welcoming of everyone and trying to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. However, there's a part of me that like the citizens of Antelope that just like the human part of not wanting to be fucked with. And their just their town got to, taken over by a cult. Yeah. But it didn't. It didn't get taken over. I don't know when they, they showed th- scenes. When they showed scenes of their local diner, yeah, all in red, and then like you know, just the Rashnisis were were using their diner. Like, I mean, the alternative is just one of them going in for coffee. I right. mean, just, like, it's that small of a population. But, did, but but wasn't it wasn't it that uh, the I mean the townspeople of Antelope threw the first stone. I, that's where I want to get with this. I do want to. I, I, I still. I. I just. I do. The appeal. It just blows my mind. Episode two. They even like. They start building the A-frames, the pizza parlor. They're building like this. They have helicopters. It's all self-sufficient. Like they're not afraid of wealth. So they're like they're generating wealth whatever way they can. Just about, like I just. I thought it was fucking awesome. Right. They, I mean, the biggest, the biggest part in episode two that was great was that they brought fucking animals back to the land. Yes, they absolutely. Brought, they, they were they, they were, were changing re- the ecosystem. Yeah, they were like changing the desert. But yeah. they, it was it was beautiful. But like, just to go right back to what you said. Thank you for letting me go there because I just thought it, the appeal was so intense. But I, my, what, one of my biggest questions I'm coming away with this from is you mentioned the townspeople threw the first stone. They did. Mm-hmm. The, the real question is, what if they never did? I what if there was not kickback on this? I think the commune would have stayed as a commune. They wouldn't have like spread out into the town. Why did they need to? They just if they were left alone, would they be fine? Because I mean, you know, let me let me. I don't I don't know me. if that can be said like fully because right. I mean, power corrupts. Sheila obviously showed that some of the power influenced her. She was making murder decisions, but I mean, okay, so here, here's what I would say. Uh, I mean, it's all it's it's tough to tell, but no question. We don't have the Rajneeshi Rajneeshiism, if mm. you want to call it that. It's an ideology. So I was just last night. I was watching like the first episode of Ken Burns's Vietnam War. It's wonderful. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. 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 But there's, so there's, one, there's, so there's one of the one of the things problems, is that but, like yeah. communism is an ideology. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rajneeshi, they were an ideology. Capitalism is an ideology. Like, ideology, the whole point of it is to spread it to everyone. So, at what point would they have... They wanted more members to join. At what point would yeah, they... Yeah, they believe so fully in what in their ideology that they wanted more. Would they Would they just settle on that? I mean, no. I mean, No, they would have wanted or, to create... And, or, and, or would they have? And just allowed people to come to them. I mean... I don't know. Yeah. Do, they, it's do, you, do you see them at the... Would they be at the subway, you know, yeah. handing out the thing? Yes. Possibly. Yeah. If you believe in something, yeah. that's why, like, you walk off the subway and you see, you know, the Have Jehovah's Witnesses. They believe in it so much that they want you, like, right. to, you know, they like, you have to see what we got. Right. But, you know? and, like... 
10,000 people or how many, 30,000 people? How many people do they have? You know, I, I, I would love to know the number. I, I, I know the number of homeless that they brought in. That was episode three, which 7, was, and, and we talked about it with Neil, um, you know, how it was a move for the vote. How both smart and dumb is that? It's so smart to, you know, pull the, not smart, but like uh, cheeky or clever to like, try to manipulate the vote in that way like right. it's but at the same time the way that they did it they they, they put the cart before the horse in, in some ways where they just didn't think about the after effects of bringing uh you know a bunch of people who could have mental problems could you know whatever ended up in a really precarious situation in their life they didn't think about the after effects of having that in their community or maybe they didn't they just didn't care they wanted to get that power back they were putting sedative in the beer. In the beer. They were putting uh, uh, Haldol in, in, in the beer. That is fucked up. Yeah. That's like, like when I, even, I know Neil even mentioned it, he's like didn't want to call it a cult because there is, there is something more to it. And, you know, a few bad apples were responsible for this. The fact that that was occurring is so cultish and so, so really disturbing. Uh, they turned the ranch from an empty row property in a city of up to 7,000 people. Okay, so great. Oh, wow. So 7,000 people. Um, 7,000 people is one thing, but there are 7 billion people on the planet. Yep. So, like, you can get people to come to you, but at a certain point, you want to... You're spreading your influence. Yeah. Because that's what tribes do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's, where, that's where I kind of side with like the citizens of antelope because i'm like stay the fuck away from me it's it's, you it's can, like do whatever you want yeah. and if i was a citizen of antelope and they were but doing were that, they hurting i guess because they, they, yeah. they, they weren't hurting anyone at first they weren't hurting anyone at first that's the thing I, I mean i i think if i base any of my thoughts on what i wish it could be out there it's just like do whatever the fuck you want without Affecting, not just hurting, affecting anyone else. So, thing like, because hurt's one thing, but just you know, I could speak for myself as a as a liberal and as a progressive, as someone that lives in New York City, Mm -hmm. like the fucking ethnic melting pot of the planet. I see so much weird shit and so many different cultural things on a daily basis, and I'm always just like, do your do Do your your fucking fucking thing. thing. Absolutely, I find it beautiful. So when I saw, it shows that it can work. Yeah, for That's sure. Right. I'm, I'm, I see, I if see Rajneeshi, examples of that. If Rajneeshi were if I want to see Maroon. Where's the Maroon yeah, around we're here? We're in Washington Square Park. I wouldn't have a fucking problem with it. So, like, when I saw the antelope uh, citizens reacting, I didn't, I didn't see a, I didn't necessarily see a like I'm want to protect what I have. It was more a I am scared of what's scared of different. That. Yeah. It, it was, was a it was xenophobia thing. and it was racism. It was inherent racism. I think I a lot of it had to do with with the fact that Bhagwan was brown. Yeah, it was, was not per- just the takeover. Yeah, yeah. No. So uh, I think there's a lot of let me ask, let me ask you another question. And you know, I was just joking about the seeing the red in New York. Um, one thing that I really liked in just watching the show is watching when they finally burn the uniforms. Because I wonder why uh, a free-spirited society, one that's all about raising consciousness, one that's all about just kind of like really embracing who you are and, and who we are as humans, would would lower themselves to such uniformity with <coughs> with wear. Did did do, does that any make any sense to you? Is that ever explained? I don't. I don't. I don't know no, why. if it is, but yeah. it's. I mean, because uh, our hippie culture, that, which is the same free thing, we would you know people wear. The, the freakier the better. It's yeah. just like the uniformity of that. It's, yeah. It's kind of giving me flashbacks. Because it, it is a cult. Yeah. Because it is a cult. Because yes. it, it is a cult. Yeah. Because you need to wear... Nobody would know the difference between the the uh, the Seattle Seahawks and the Washington Redskins if, if they weren't wearing... If, if, if one wasn't wearing a Seahawk and one wasn't wearing yeah. an absolutely racist <laughs> shirt, shirt on A vile maroon. A vile maroon. A maroon racist, racist shirt. It's the easiest thing to change ever, Daniel Snyder. Um, let me mention this. I love the soundtrack, actually. Um, score's dope. The score's dope. The soundtrack's great, too, though. They just like the, the not only just the sounds, they use the soundscapes, but um, there's a lot of Bill Callahan, there's Kevin Morby. They end with like a great 
Damien Gerardo song. It's fucking great, the choices of music. Actually, if you go to Spotify, they have a, a, a nice list of all the songs, a playlist, not just list, you know what of else, all the songs. You know what else uh, I found from watching it? You know what I want to do? The, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> I'm so curious right now. <laughs> uh, where he, I think it's early on in like the in like episode one when they're really getting into like Bhagwan's teaching or whatnot. Right. When he would have like the group fucking meditation, but oh the freak like out. Intense, you want to? Yeah, that, that's breathing. definitely very Brian. I got it. That's, that's I got Brian. it. I got that it. Is, yeah. I mean, that's like they were having psychedelic experiences by yeah. like fucking well, pushing, pushing like their breathing. It is that there is. I mean, there are people who definitely push themselves to having who's you know hallucinogenic, hallucinogenic experiences and you know big life changing events through through breathing. It's a thing. That's what meditation is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but and, I mean, some people take it to limits. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. there are tribes in Africa that do tra- that. Like that's how they go into trances. Yes, exactly. That's how far you can get. You can take it that far. Yeah. So they were do. They were. Um, <laughs> I could tell. They were doing like when they. Were I should have guessed about, that when you when said they were that. talking about it, and they were talking about how like they would snap their heads back and forth and take mm-hmm. like deep breaths for like extended periods of time. Right there, I was just like, that, yes. well, I kind of yes. have to try that. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's, it gets back to like what I'm saying, the original appeal. The first like two, like before things changed, and, and they did change with that bomb where they started arming themselves, and you're like, this is, you know, that's, that's when you like hit me up, you're like, episode three, it's on. Yeah. But prior to that, I was just like, this is really, really wonderful in ways. And of course, I'm sure there was more going on with that, but. Man, really, what a show! Like it's it's it it touched on immigration, touched touched on freedom of religion, it touched on uh, cultural differences, even land use. Yeah. Just I mean, it just it just I I, I was you caught. Bought, up. You bought a piece of land in America. Yeah. Why can't you? Why can't you do what the fuck start you want? Your own religion. Absolutely. That's both. That's two things. Yeah. They were. Like they were. They. I mean, they were seriously persecuted. Yeah. They were fucking persecuted. No question. Um, granted, they were criminals. But yeah. Like, how many of them were criminals? It seemed to be like Sheila and like That's a small I, I, band. I mentioned it since we talked to Neil. Uh, it's it's the bad apples that he, Let me he, ask he you nailed this. it with that. Let me ask you this. Please. This is the big question. Because they need to make a movie about this. Who oh. would Who would play what characters... In the movie. Oh wow! Yeah, I wish you. I wish you told me we were going to do this beforehand, so I, I could know. have a have a thing. I only have one. Uh, Jane Stork is definitely played by Julianne Moore. <laughs> that would be awesome. Because um, th- those are the ones we're talking. Jane Stork, Philip, we needs to be nailed. I think. Um, I I know. Uh, I know. Um, I know who Bogwan should be. That, all right, good. Because I, I didn't want to answer only, that. That's who's, the who's only. Bogwan? That's the only one. He's the, um, I have to find his name. Have you ever seen In Treatment? Oh, yeah. And you've seen Jurassic World? Yeah. He's the Indian guy in oh. Jurassic World. Okay. Uh, which his name I is don't know his Irfan name. Khan. Okay. Uh, oh, that is, yes. He's dead <laughs> yeah. on. All right, cool. So. We're I'm, two for two. Yeah. Irfan Khan should play Bhagwan. Uh, and Julianne Moore should play Jane Story. We have, we can get a fill up real quick. I, I can't think of who would play Sheila. There's, I mean... Sheila, Sheila's tough. Yeah. And because there's not, you know, we have not had the opportunity to witness enough diversity yeah, in, no, because in the film. They, they would they'd turn her white. Yeah, <laughs> she's <laughs> definitely Scarlett Johansson. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. So, and, you know, Brad Pitt, like an older looking Brad Pitt is going to play Philip. Right, right. Um, he looked young. He looked almost like a Phil Lash type thing. But, uh, I'm just going through my mind things. But one thing... I thought about when they were getting together and everything and just like those joyful moments of seeing things. It's just like everybody is searching for meaning and, and, and a great deal of like the anguish and like the things that are going wrong with... I don't think everyone's searching for meaning. Or not. Or maybe other people, things. But there are people searching for meaning and there's a lot of people searching for community even if they don't know it. And a lot of the loneliness and a lot of the disconnect has led to a lot of like... Especially in, you know, like, these fucking white kids shooting up things. Like, I feel like if there was more community, if there was more uh, meaning, and that is supplied by something like this, you know, good or bad, and, and it ended up bad in this case, but 
you know, meaning and community were kind of what drew people to this and, and yeah. you know, amongst other things. It was pretty impressive uh, seeing, like, all the videos of uh, the homeless people Yeah, after they had already gotten there. They're just like, I've been taken in and yep. my whole life it, I've been shit on and these people are It felt benevolent me. for a minute. It felt good before <sighs> really you realized is. how they were being used as a tool and then watched them get, sh- sh- you know, shoved out of town. That was fu- That was definitely... Definitely they, have that, they have that one uh, interview with the guy like by the bus. He's just like, I, I saw him. They were homosexuals yeah. kissing yeah. and lesbians too. He was he was ready to call everyone out. <laughs> He's like, fuck this place, dude. They're fucking each other. They're, they're doing drugs. I, I think they spiked my beer. <laughs> like this is fucked up, man. But uh, yeah, I'm sure everyone's seen it. And so we're all in this together. What a cool, cool piece of like. It, what a cool series they did here, man! This yeah. is really awesome. It's uh, yeah, I, I, they, I think somebody, uh, there was, they interviewed a cop or something that was like there at the time, and he said if some, if somebody wrote a book about what happened here, like twenty years from now, they would, uh, nobody, nobody would believe it. Like they, they would think, they would show. think that it was fiction. Yeah, they would think that it was fiction. Yeah, and they probably couldn't have guessed that, like. You know, thirty years from now, like something called Netflix is going to make a series about yeah. it, but. and they're going to show us every little bit of it, yeah. which, which is what they did. Right. If you're looking, if you're looking for a true story that's as good as watching a fucking movie, I mean, this is it. Yeah, this is it. Fucking nailed it, man. They nailed it. Hey, so we don't know what uh, what we're doing next. Who knows where the next one goes? But um, this one was fun. What a cool thing. Anything else, Brian? I'm good, man. Good. Let's I'm rock good. it. Yeah. Hey, thank uh, you. Thank you to Neil again. Yeah. Michael John. Uh, really. We'll really. Be f- follow him it. on Instagram. Yeah. Follow. We'll be following to see what he does next. Uh, Medal, Medal of Honor is next, and uh, we'll see where, where he goes from there. But uh, hey, thank you, everyone out there, for joining the party. This podcast is in the loop. The Legion of Osiris Podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com. Buck Sergeant Newberry Leatherneck Jones Sergeant Cash What an army I never served my country. 
Ain't enough to eat 